Right, morning everyone. Um, sorry, uh, I forgot my water, so I had to ask Sunique if I can take some of her water this morning. Um, so it's not coffee, but that would have been nice. All right, um, so for those who do not know me, my name is Enrico. I was born in Bloemfontein uh, about 23, well, I wasn't born in Bloemfontein, I was actually born in Stellenbosch. And then after six months of not knowing anything, uh, my parents decided to move to the Bloemfontein. So I lived in Bloemfontein for 20, no, well, I lived here for about 18 years. And then I moved to Wellington uh, for two years. There were Joel and Eljoy is from, um, and Gabby and a lot of people here at the moment was has been in Wellington before. Um, and so, Two years in Wellington, then at the TMT Bible School that was there, or is there, and then for a year I went to Sunningdale Congregation where I was interning at the Sunningdale Congregation, and the Lord really did so much things there. Um, I was so thankful that I didn't want to go there at all. It was like the last place I wanted to go for my internship, and I was probably so surprised because it was the best year of my life. Um, I really enjoyed it, and it was so amazing. Um, and then moved back to Wellington for a year. I started working for TMT for a year, and then at the end of last year, the Lord started speaking to me, you have to move back to Bloemfontein. And I was like, yo, Lord, are you serious? <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, cool, Lord, let, let's, let's do this. Let's move back and see what you have for me. Um, yeah, and so I'm very excited just to share with you this morning about something that is very close to my heart, actually. Um, it's fighting for the glory of God. Um, and I'm so excited to share it because there's a, something about glorifying God that just brings so much joy to our hearts. Um, and so I want to paint the picture, tell a little bit of a story, and then we'll take it from there. So... I want you to imagine this as I speak. I want you to imagine everything that I'm explaining to you right now. So imagine you have this big house, all right? You're overlooking a golf, what, a golf course. You're overlooking the ocean, and you've got a swimming pool. You've got this double-story house, and it's just so, so amazing. It's like you've got a beautiful family. You've got wealth. You've got so many things that you like your my life is great. Nothing can bother me. Nothing can actually disturb me because my life is so wonderful. I've got loving family. I've got loving people in my life. And I've got everything that I need. I've got a golf course right here. I would love to go and play some golf there. And then just if you go two, three hundred meters down, you can go for a quick surf in the ocean. Yo, I can't imagine how much fun you would have. So that was actually a reality for me in Sunningdale. And that's not why I loved Sunningdale. Um, but it was one of the perks of Sunningdale. <laughs> I stayed with someone where his house was literally 500 meters from the beach. We drove for 4.30 in the mornings, go for a quick surf before the day starts. Um, we, I never went to go play golf because it was very expensive to play golf there. But it was so cool to knowing that there's a golf course right next to me. The ocean is right next to me. 
I had such a loving family actually there. I built this great connection with them. And it was just so, so amazing. And it was a privilege to stay with those people. Because looking at their lives, it was just so amazing to see what God has done through them. And even in that time, what God did in me. But I want to, knowing that and thinking of that thing of like, yo, that sounds amazing, living the dream life, you know, it is so cool to be at that place. But one thing that sometimes is difficult for us as people is that that's the things that we want. It's like when Gert spoke about money, it's like money is such a powerful tool for each and every one of us to use but it can so easily distract us. And going a little bit further, wealth, family, farms, money, whatever you have, like, it's all good things that God can give you. It's not all bad things. It's amazing things that the Lord blesses you with. And so, there's a character in the Bible who had all these things. He had wealth, he had family, he had servants, he had everything that he needed. His life was amazing. And through it all, what he did, he was continually worshiping God. He was continually praising God's name and shouting out the name of Jesus. And looking at his story, we, we, we see how this character was Job, right? And Job was so full of life. He had so many things in his life that he was thankful for. So many things that was so amazing that he literally had everything. But then one day, there came this unfortunate day. You put up uh, Job 1 verse 12 for me, please. And so, here it says, And the Lord said to Satan, so giving you context, Satan came into... Uh, the presence of the Lord, and he said, but your servant Job, is he, he has everything, and that is why he's praising you. That is why he's giving you glory. And Jesus says, okay. And then Satan, and then the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hand, only against him. Do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of God. And so there was this moment where Satan came into the presence of God and actually asked the Lord, can I do something to Job? Can I actually test Job in his life? Because all the reasons why he's praising you is because he has so many things. And what shocked me is was Satan was standing in the presence of God, like the devil and God in the same room, like, how does that work? I was so confused. I read the scripture so many times, like, I don't understand this, but all right, Lord. And then it hit me. Actually, God wasn't afraid of what Satan can do. Like, he knew what Satan can do. He knew exactly. Satan can do anything that he wanted, but he needed God's permission to allow to be test or to test Job. And everything that he said was like, you can do anything to him, but you cannot kill him. You cannot take his life. And so a lot of us here are sitting 
and God has given us life. And Satan can actually come and take everything away from us. But one thing that he cannot take is our life. And that excites me so much, knowing that the devil can come and do so many things, but he cannot take my life. Like, if that doesn't stir faith and excitement in your heart, yo, we're really trusting that the Lord will stir that faith and that excitement in your heart. And Satan went back down to the earth, and he then started destroying Job's life. All right? He started taking away his servants, his family, his cattle, Everything just came to waste, where it felt like Job had nothing left. And Job's friends, Job's wife, they all said to him, just curse God and die, or just curse God and move on with your life, so that we can get back the things that was lost. But Job said no. Job decided to go the other direction and saying, he's going to praise God. He's going to give him the glory. And we read in Job 1 verse 20 to 22. And this is after Satan had taken everything away. It says, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. And it's so amazing to see everything in that one moment got taken away from Job. People said, curse God and just go on with your own life. But Job decided to do the opposite. He decided to say, I will not curse my God because He gave those things to me. And He can take those things away from me. And he literally worshipped God. He fell on the ground and he worshipped him. And when I read this, I was like, Lord, how many times in my life does something bad happen to me? And I get on the ground and I worship. And I was so challenged in my heart of like, Lord, how can I do this? How do I not sin against my God and charge him with wrong? And looking at the scripture, we need to see that each and every one of us sitting here, we have problems in our lives. We have situations in our lives where it becomes so, so difficult. But we have a choice to make. Do we glorify God in the good times? Do we glorify God in the bad times? What do we do? And... Sometimes suffering is not nice. Well, most of the time suffering is not nice, actually. But what makes it different is if we have the response of Job, even though everything gets taken away from us, suffering is so difficult, but it can also bring so much joy in our hearts. The reason for that is we can become closer to God. We get knitted closer to God's heart than ever before. Because we take a choice in our hearts and we say, I'm going to choose to worship. I'm going to choose to glorify God. doesn't matter how much bad things happen in my life. It doesn't matter how much things go to waste. 
if I lose family, if I lose friends, if I lose money, doesn't matter what it is. We have a decision to make each and every time something like that happens. And so it encouraged me to know that every time something gets taken away, there's something that I gain. And that is more of Jesus. And so Job didn't actually allow his situation and his problems to overwhelm him and keep him from worshiping God. And it's crazy to know that in through everything that has taken place in his life, he chose to worship God. It amazes me to know that. And there's a, there's a reason why I'm telling us this story. There's a reason why we're getting this information of, but I'm not Job. Yeah, you're right. You're not Job. You are your own person. Like, I've got Paul. I've got Gurtzen. I've got myself. Our journeys are not the same. The things that Paul is going through right now, I don't know what it is. Maybe I know a little bit. But I can't feel his emotions. I can't feel the situations that he's going through. I don't know what's going on in his heart. Same for Quirtzen. I don't know what's going on there. Like, I don't know the exact moments where this emotion pops up or this feeling pops up. But I know in my own heart, when, my, when that thing happens, let's say somebody drives in front of me and just breaks. I know in my heart, I'm getting angry with this guy. Like, stop breaking in front of me. Like, I can't deal with it. But for Quirtzen or for Paul, it might be the guy breaks in front of me and, or in front of them and they're like, yo, Lord, bless this guy. Like, yo, please bless this guy. Because their response is different. Because there's something different that the Lord is doing in their hearts at that very moment than with mine. And so for each and every one of us sitting here, you sitting daily at the same chair at work, at the same chair at school, or at varsity, or whatever you do, you're sitting in the same chair, you're doing the same things every day. Sometimes it looks a bit different. But it doesn't mean that you're suffering or the things that you are going through don't have to look the same. There is this response in our hearts of knowing that when suffering comes, what do I do with it? When there's situations that happen, what do I do with it? We have a choice to make in that. We can either choose to let it go, let your anger take over, let your irritation take over, sad moments, let your heart start aching. It's good to feel those emotions. But the response is, what do I do with that? Do I fall on the ground and start worshiping the one who gave me life? Or do I start to worship the one who wants to take my life? So there's a choice that we have to make every time, every moment when something happens. And so I want to tell you a little bit of a story about myself and something that happened to me not long ago. Um, there was a moment in my life, this, this one year, it was so, so difficult. It felt like my whole life was falling apart. It felt like everything that I was living for, everything that, 
became easy, started becoming difficult. Worshipping God, spending time with God, knowing God's heart for my life, knowing God's heart for people, like it became so, so difficult. It was, it was so, how can I say, my heart was broken. It felt like constantly I was alone. I started feeling like, man, am I getting depressed? I don't want to spend time with God. I don't want to get to know God anymore. I just want to let go because everything that's happened to me right now, I don't want it anymore. It's too painful. It hurts too much. And I was getting so sick and tired for searching for God because it was too difficult. And that one weekend, I was spending time with the Lord, really trusting that the Lord would speak to me, really trusting that the Lord would just show me something. And at the end of that weekend, I didn't hear God's voice once. I didn't hear Him. I was away the weekend, or I was at the same place, but at the end of the weekend, I was so discouraged. That Sunday evening after church, I went into my room and I said to the Lord, I'm done. I won't speak to you and you don't have to speak back to me. It's fine. Just leave me. I don't care anymore. Just, just leave me. And I remember that week, I didn't even try to spend time with the Lord. I didn't want to worship the Lord. I was like, nothing that I want to do was going to please God. I actually wanted to rather sin than wanting to spend time with God. I would rather go watch a movie for two hours than spend 10 minutes in the scriptures. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to pray. I was like, Lord, I'm not speaking to you, so please don't speak to me. And while this week was going on, emotions that I've started feeling in my heart was emptiness, loneliness, I started feeling worthless, and I started realizing that actually my life is empty. And right there, I knew something was missing. Something was missing in my heart. And I remember I was sitting there, and I'm like, Lord, all right, I can't do this anymore. Please speak to me. And I repented, and I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for ignoring you. I'm sorry for letting you go. I'm sorry for pushing you away so that I can do what I want. And in that moment, it was actually quite, quite terrifying. <laughs> in that moment, the Lord rebuked me. And he said to me, you turned your back on me. And I was so convicted in my heart. And I was like, yo, Lord, I actually did sin. I walked away from you in ignorance and in pain. I walked away from you. But one thing that I can remember so clearly was that God's love was so evident in that very moment. I could really feel God's joy, God's heart, 
And it really felt like everything that happened, my ignorance, my ignoring God, in one moment, it all left. It all was just such an amazing time. And I decided to worship God right there. I sat for two hours just worshiping God, reading Scripture, praying. And it was such an amazing time. I felt so much joy. I felt so much just connection with the Lord again. And I realized that my suffering, my pain, like it's, it's nothing compared to what you went through. What he went through was so much worse. But even what he went through, he decided to glorify the Father. He decided to respond in the opposite spirit of saying, Lord, I want more of you, not less of you. I want more of you, Jesus. Oh, in that sense, it was God. But in that moment, I responded with, Lord, I don't want to feel empty. I don't want to feel worthless. I want to feel like there's a joy rising up in my spirit every time I go through suffering. Every time there's pain in my heart, I want to rejoice. And through that, it became easier because my heart became closer to God. I started feeling like I'm getting more knitted closely to the Lord's heart. He had to take me through that suffering. I had to get to the point of where I want to give up for realizing that actually I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be empty. I want to know that I'm, there's a sense of worth that God has given me because I'm a child of God and I know that He brings freedom. He brings conviction. He brings revelation. And so there's one more scripture that I want to read to us. It's Romans 7 verse 15 to 18. And Paul speaks about this thing and he says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it, that it is good. So, no, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. And last week, Paul preached about grace. And I want to say that if we accept God's grace, it becomes so much easier to worship God. If we accept the fact that, yes, I've sinned, yes, I'm going through a difficult time, and I accept God's grace, it becomes easier to worship in God. It becomes easier of going down on your knees and just saying, Lord, I worship you. I praise your name through the suffering because it's better than to suffer in silence. I rather praise your name because it brings more life. It brings my heart joy. And I've gone through suffering after that, but the suffering looked different. Because I knew I accepted God's grace. And I could worship God with a convicted heart and a heart filled with revelation of knowing that through suffering, I can rejoice. Through suffering, I can actually glorify God because that brings life to my soul. It doesn't bring death. So, I know that things in your life is difficult. I know that things are tough in your life. 
that you are going through things that people don't even understand. But I want to trust that this morning, you would actually allow God to work in your heart. To ask God, Lord, I'm struggling to accept your grace for my life. To accept His grace. And through that, make a choice and respond in worship. Respond in glorifying Jesus for who He is. Making sure that your heart turns not away from Him, but that your heart turns, turns towards Him. So that is my encouragement to each and every one of us this morning. Because I want us to walk away from this place, knowing that we know the love and the affection that the Father has on each and every one of us. Knowing that our suffering, every pain that we go through, it might not be nice in that very moment, but the choice that you make to glorify God, in the long run, it's going to benefit you so much more. It's going to draw your heart closer to Him. And every time suffering comes, people are going to ask, I know you're going through all those things. How is it that you suffer so much but rejoice so much? It's only because of Jesus. Because I can't carry it out in my own ability. I need His grace. I need His love. I need His mercies. And through that response, people can see that you follow Jesus. People can know that your heart is so close to God that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And there's one scripture that I want to read us now is Psalm 86 verse 12. And it says, I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. And I trust that that would be us this morning. That actually, if we make a decision in our heart, there won't be a half-hearted decision. That it will be a full-heart decision. Not giving 90%, not giving 99%, giving 100% of saying, Lord, whatever I'm going through, I'm going to choose to glorify your name. Remember the suffering. Remember how the suffering actually can in make you persevere. It can make you endure. Because we know the one who gives hope. We know the one who gives love and affection. So I want to pray for us and trust that this morning that the Lord will actually bring conviction into your heart like He brought conviction into my heart. Saying, I'll worship Him. doesn't matter the cost. If it's pain, if it's suffering, I want to worship Him because He is good, He is faithful and He wants to show His love to each and every one of us. So let's close our eyes and then I'm just going to pray for us.